change it's killing me stupid look it usually doesn't bother me that much yeah i can i can usually you know muscle through it or whatever or i i think that i think i'm prepared more for it this time i just had no idea that the time was changing i got up yesterday morning and i was like holy crap yeah did i sleep that long and as it turned out i didn't you did not i did not sleep that long (laughs) it was just that the time had changed overnight and i i had not realized it and then today i'm paying the price for it do all your clocks automatically update no no, no. So, yeah, there's one in my room. You know, obviously, when I look at my phone, I can see that the time's changed. Right. But, but there's one in my room, and it's right next to the TV uh, box. And so there's different times on them. And I'm like, geez, oh, man. You know, one's telling you six. The other one's telling you seven. And it's like, I feel I feel brutalized. You're right. You're like, which one do you want me to follow? <laughs> rules, right? Rules, man. Follow the rules. What's well, funny Time changes always remind me of my grandfather because okay, um, he was he was a funny guy. So you know, I'll draw a picture of, of who he was and what he was like. Um, he's since passed, but um, he he reminded me of um, of Clint Eastwood. The what? way he walked, okay. the way he talked, sort of his style was very similar. Okay, you know, if you put the two of them, like he definitely could have been a stunt double. Okay. You know, for Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, and, that's cool. Um, you know, he just kind of had that sportsman's vibe to him, and um, he was very charismatic, and, you know, people really enjoyed being around him. You know, he's kind of sure. school board guy, and yeah. um, he is a small business owner. Just, you know, he was just a all-around cool guy, yeah. but he was just chock full of rules, you know? And, okay. and even to this day, you know, we talk about the 6 a.m. podcast, like, get up and get out there. Yeah. Well, a lot of that in my life comes from the fact that my grandfather had this way of saying like like not ignorant like you don't know anything but like if you're ignorant you're rude right his way of saying it was like what are you ignorant right what are you doing sleeping in yeah what's the matter with you like almost like you're disgusting right if you sleep in so like it (laughs) like here in my life now if i sleep past like a certain time i'm like oh i'm disgusting yeah you know and, and that's just as a as like a, the way he lived his life, he just kind of always had a rule for everything. And, um, and some of those rules go back farther in, into generations that, you know, some of them are, um, are a little harsh and, you know, they, they rang from a time that was way different than now. Sure. Um, and since then, a lot of those rules have been kicked to the curb. Um, but, you know, you're talking about a time when, you know, in Pittsburgh specifically was a melting pot and ethnic, eth- ethnically, People stayed to their own sections, you know, and obviously now today things are are more blended and, and, you know, you have a lot of diversity in your life now, which is so cool. But, you know, if you think back about how people were in in that time, people in their lives had a lot of rules. Right. And that, and those rules tended to limit them. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, your professionalism is killing your creativity. Sure. And yeah. mine. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the logical progression is what rules in your life are killing your creativity. Sure. I mean, because it goes, it, it starts somewhere, right? Yeah. And this is sort of what we figured out is that there's, we talk about these things and we try and find the source for where that's, yeah. why that's occurring. And one of the things that we identified 
after talking at the end of our podcast last week was that it's it's a lot of this is predicated upon rules. Absolutely. And you know, certainly not stating that there that we should have no rules, but by that same token we're saying rules are good. Mm-hmm. Break them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean in the very least evaluate them to see if if a rule like stands the test that like like here here's a good example, you know, he always had this hard and fast rule that um, you know, the only thing you need in life is is math. Okay. You know, and, and that's because he was a builder. Like, if the more math he could do in his head, the better off he was at, you know, bidding out jobs and, um, you know, estimating, you know, what he's going to need so that he didn't overpurchase and, you know, he could be profitable. This is a time before, like, we had computers in our hands in our pockets. Right, of course. I mean, he had to crunch numbers in his head. So I, I get why he had these rules. But you put that into an application now, like, you know, my, I would argue that there's probably better things in life to have, you know, than, than math. Right, right. Like math is, is how, how of little importance is math now that you can just do it in your pocket? Well, I mean, so, I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, how, I mean, math is a constant, right? I mean, it's part of like, it is, it is the, um, the core of all nature and the, and all things engineering and everything, you know. So math is a constant. It's there. It's just that. Do I need to spend my days calculating that? Or practicing. Or practicing mathematics on my paper or my, you know, in my head when I have the opportunity to solve this problem immediately and move on to a more productive thing. Now, that might, that's the case for me as a, as a person. I, I mean, I use math on a regular basis for my work, but it's very basic math. Yeah. And if it's a problem that, that exceeds, um, uh, fundamental like multiplication and addition, then you know, I go I go right to Google, even or my calculator, or whatever. But even think about about this. I've got a um, an Amazon Fire, not yeah. Fire, but uh, what do you what do you call it? The uh, uh, the Echo Dot. Yeah, you have an Echo Dot. I have an Echo. Yeah. yeah. You can you can ask Alexa uh, the answer to a question, and she'll crunch the math. Long before you can even pull a phone out of your pocket. Oh, of course, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's true. You know, but if we held on to a rule like that, like if I were to say, well, my grandfather one year told me that math is the most important thing. And if I haven't stopped to evaluate that and say, well, no, like I don't need to worry about math at this point in time. It's everywhere around me and in support. You know, I, I tend to focus on other things like, like, you know, in my opinion at this point, you know, face-to-face interaction and relationship sure. is the most important thing. Sure. And what if you just suck at math? What if you just suck at math? Right. And well, we have talked, no value. Exactly. Well, we talked about this. We've talked about this in the past where, you know, you know, sometimes you have to recognize that what you're doing, even though you think you might want that is probably not the right way to go. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if, math is your thing then good on you i mean if it's make if it's moving things in the right direction for you terrific but right <laughs> if it's not so i mean this is this is what makes these this like sort of this conversation interesting is that you know the rules uh, we have like fundamental rules yeah and they're ones that they're guidelines that we follow that that uh, that dictate what kind of society we live in yeah. and not everybody across the globe follows these rules right but it would be nice if they did you know <laughs> Um, but I think that, uh, I think outside of that is different rule sets for different people in different sets of circumstances. And sometimes you are just, you're putting yourself in this position. And I, I concur with this 
especially this, these conversations you've had with your grandfather and listening to, or your grandfather and listening to uh, his rules for everything, is that as a young man, you start to think, or a young woman, you start, well, that's what I'll do for me. And it's a starting point. Sure. Right? Because at least it's direction. Somebody's mm-hmm. giving you direction. But if you don't reach the point where you're starting to question those things in terms of like how it applies meaning and value to your own life, then you get stuck in those these like rote positions where you're like, well, it's the way it's always been done. I remember, I mean, I remember having these types of conversations uh, with my own parents, you know, throughout the years. It's like, well, it's just the way that we've always done it, you know. And then they were never insistent (laughs) that you do it like this, but they're like, why are you? But the question is, why are you doing it this way when all these years we've done it this way? Yeah. Even if you fail at it, even if you even if you screw it up, like you, well, you're like, well, I don't know because I just just had to. I just had to. I just had to see what would happen. Yeah. Well, we're fostering, especially in the in the workforce, uh, we're we're fostering a culture of innovation. You know, and, and innovation, thinking outside the box, try something new, take something old and change it so that you can apply it in a new and you know unique fundamental way. Yeah, you know, so this is starting to impact like the way people look at everything, you know, and and what I love about that is that we're doing the same thing in jujitsu. You you have to. So this is, but this is an interesting. This is an interesting thing because there are a lot of people that still believe that you know the we'll call them the Puritans, and they and you is this is found in almost every martial art in Brazilian jujitsu. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's no different. Although I'm not, I've not been exposed to that specifically. Um, but I have been exposed to like the, the Puritan thought in other martial arts, which is, this is the way it's always been done. This is the traditional path. We will not deviate from this. Yeah. And then there's another school of thought that says, that's ridiculous. We were taught this that because we only knew so much at that point, And now we know all these other things. Of course, it's supposed to adapt and evolve over yeah. time. You know, how, the question in my mind is how do you, how do you take those people who are so, and, and, and because I'll say this, I advocate for the evolution of thought versus mm-hmm. the traditional model of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, even in this conversation, I'm challenged with the thinking that, you know, is there anything new, right? Or is it just things get lost and rediscovered? You know, my, sure. my thoughts are, you know, because we, we've done this with jujitsu numerous times where, you know, hey, Barambolo is this new thing, which is, uh, you know, for those who don't do jujitsu, it's, uh, you know, a set of techniques that, you know, kind of require you to go upside down. They've been picked on because they don't have much street value. But <laughs> street then, value. you know, from, from like a tournament cred situation, you know, like if you're able to do that, like guys are, are housing like old faithfuls, you know, yeah. but then you find like ancient you know, manuscripts and, and by ancient, you know, I don't know how far back you just goes. Yeah. 1980s, <laughs> but, um, you know, old black and whites from Japan and these guys are doing the same techniques and they've just been lost. Sure. You know, and it's, it's funny how things, you know, sometimes maybe the reality is the evolution of our thinking in, in innovation is really finding where old things used to work and then we can reapply them in a new way or bring them back in a meaningful way. But, I think it all comes back to what we're saying is if you're bored doing it the old way, try it the new way if, and, and hopefully you'll have more fun doing it that way. Cause that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so this goes, this goes right to the heart of, of, uh, of my, you know, initiation into martial arts, which was through Jeet Kune Do and, uh, and Bruce Lee's saying was no way as way, 
Yeah. Right? The whole, the whole, it was, it was predicated upon this idea that, you know, we will take the best of what we can learn from martial arts, put it into a, um, you know, put it into a, I don't want to call it because it was no system. It wasn't a system, but put it into a, a fundamental platform that people can express themselves uh, through martial arts and continue to evolve and grow it over time. I mean, it would yeah. be changed. So if he saw it today, it would be completely different than one, maybe not completely different. It would be grounded in some of the same fundamentals. Yeah. Because again, if you ever read the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, you know, he's got, uh, he has a whole section on grappling, which was not Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but it, but much of it was, <laughs> exactly much of it was Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right. Yeah. You know, an arm lock's an arm lock, uh, you know, uh, you know, a choke is a choke. You know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, what it needed, though, what it needed was for somebody to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And, and and I would argue that that happened because the rules were broken just long enough to see that it could work in a different way. Yeah, and then, you know, as we were saying how old thought becomes new and new becomes old, um, you know, I was watching this car show called Wrenched, and, um, you know, these guys had this beautiful garage. And I, I started thinking about, you know, how did they get themselves from this garage that's really just meant to, like, build cars to a, a TV show on Motor Trend, right? It, it, it had to have a foundation where they said, you know what, at, at one point in time, the owner is going to go, this is the way we're going to do things. I need my shop to be perfectly clean. We have to have this firm foundation that we build on. And then whatever we plug through this method should have a successful yeah. pattern. Yeah. You know, and and I think that over time, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu started, so they became very, very, very militant on the firm foundation. Prior to that, when it was the Japanese bringing it all together, it was very much around tradition and honor and time-tested, slow, sure. steady. Sure, Which, I, it just was a brilliant thought that... Well, I mean, I think it's... And I think it's true to a degree that you have... I mean, there's a big difference between innovative thought and productivity, right? Mm-hmm. So you... What happens is when you have an innovative thought or a new thought, a new idea, which may be new or old, it makes no difference. The point is it's new to you. Sure. And so, and I think that's what matters most is that in that moment, it is, it's probably a complete mess in your head, right? You just, but you got a sense of something. You're like, Ooh, that's cool. Right. And then over time, if you, if you, again, going back to some of the things that we've talked about here in the past is just, you know, staying the course is that it refines itself over time. You whittle it down so it's super sharp. It becomes a fundamental yeah. and it becomes that platform. And I would argue, to your point here just a minute ago, is that the people that set those rules that say we have to have we have to have guidelines and rules are good because it does give people who do innovate the opportunity to break those rules. Absolutely. It gives them the platform to understand and learn what has already been understood and learned, knowing that those rules that are set now are things that we've already learned yeah. through innovation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, I mean, so, you know, and even some of the more basic ones, like, I don't know, don't kill each other. <laughs> it's against the law to kill to kill each other. <laughs> but that was learned over time, yeah. right? It wasn't, it wasn't like somebody didn't wake up one day and, and say, you know, Oh, yeah. you know, this is wrong. We should, this should be against the law. You should get, you know, <laughs> they're just like, Hey, you know, like maybe we should stop thinking about, you know, working peacefully together and, you know, it's more productive. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So they, these things evolve over time. And so too is the case. Like when we're, you know, I would say if you put yourself in the right mindset to be able to listen to what people say, some people are very, very adamant, so stuck in this. And that's, that's, that's on them. You know, unfortunately that 
in those ways, a lot of times it becomes the end of growth for them. They're, and I'm not saying they can't break out of it. They can. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that the way for that person to break out of that mold is to see you break their rules. Yeah. And say, ah, yeah, I didn't think it was going to work, but you showed me another way. Yeah. And on you go. So mm-hmm. be a rule breaker, number one. Well, you know, and, and we talked about this before, but uh, one of our black belts, Mike Paletti, um, came from uh, a certain uh, training thought pattern and most mo- more recently has really embraced and enjoyed his time with a um, with more of a flow role kind of mentality. Not that he's forsaking everything else, but, you know, a hard, fast rule in that place wasn't necessary. And, and you know, we, we're also uh, doing this fundamentals challenge um, one of our students is working on uh, pulling and holding on to guard, right? You, yeah, using the guard as, as an or, actual tool, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, we've been trained when we first start, we're trained, you know, open your guard and work on something because, you know, unless you move, you're not going to learn anything. But then we get to kind of come back boomerang and say, all right, now work on holding your guard closed and controlling them in a closed guard and using that as as a tool because you've already mastered the art of opening your guard and moving around and getting yourself into good and bad situations. Sure. Um, so, you know, it was really cool to see that too. So, you know, that challenges the whole thinking of like, don't just sit there with your closed guard. That's terrible. You know, yeah. well, we challenge that thinking in the sense that, well, but what if you do, but what if you use it in a new and innovative way? Sure. Right. So then you're, again, you're not, you're the, the argument there is simply this is that the first time that you saw it, and you put it into context to a, a, a because it, I think often, for instance, the closed guard is taught because it's a it is a it is what separates us as a, a martial art from other ground arts. Mm-hmm. Is that Brazilian Jiu Jitsu has a guard and it's a closed to start with a closed guard. It is our fundamental fundamental way of controlling somebody who's on top of us, yeah. right? And. And then you sort of just like it gets put into the category of beginner stuff. Like once you once you advance to a higher level, you just don't close the guard anymore. And I'm not saying that that's true for everybody. I'm just saying it just in general it comes off that like that. Yeah. And then what you realize is that people are like, "Well, I'm 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 above that now. I don't need to keep my guard closed." And what you've done is completely lost the whole point and purpose of closed guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to you're supposed to keep them off balance and closed guard. You're supposed to keep them thinking. You're not just holding them down. Yeah. You know, although it's great for that. It's great for all these other things, all the setups, all the sweeps, all the submissions from that position to get on top and to dominate, you know, and yeah, I mean, but you're right. You have to, you, you now you have to challenge yourself to think about all the rules that you've set for yourself in this because you think that's the way it's been. No, you've got to, and that's, and again, this is where innovation comes from and something new comes from that as each student discovers closed guard, for instance, for themselves. And now I watch you and I say, that's cool. That's interesting. Right. I'm not saying you invented it. But you might be the first person to show that to me. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, so thereby, you know, you've given you've gifted us something. Yeah. I, I had a uh I was, you know, grappling with a woman today who's half my size and she showed me um, you know, from a from a guard position, um a situation that I was just basically stuck to wait till she wanted to do what she wanted to do. Right. Which was funny because my response was, you were so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) What a win. It was so annoying. Yeah. Well, this is the same person. Which is awesome. Yeah. And this is the same person whose name is Shannon and she's the one that's working on, that's her fundamental challenge. Yeah. Because she's working on that closed guard. And now if you're in her guard, it's annoying 
so annoying. An annoying pain in the ass. That's <laughs> great. I love that. But you know, it, it's funny because this carries across to so many things. You know, um, you, you know, we've talked about um, Jamaican reggae um, coming about because of a misunderstanding. Sure. Um, but had they sought out to make music exactly like they wanted to hear it, then there would have been zero innovation, and this music that we love yeah. would have never happened. Yeah. You know, so like sometimes this happens, like we, it's it's like a hindsight thing, right? So we've seen where, uh, you know, a rule has been broken, but it didn't really hurt anybody. Right, right. You know, and, yeah. and you get to see the fruits of that, you know, and, and I, I think... I think maybe that's what we need to think about, right? So if we have these rules in our life, okay, math is the only thing that's important. If you have good math, you'll go anywhere you want to go in life. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if I don't have math, am I hurting anybody? Right. Right? Not really. No, because like, you know, and, and like I said before, you know, I, I placed one of the highest values on interpersonal relationships and creativity. Those two things are, are um, you know, very important in my opinion for people to be able to relate to each other and to express themselves, which is also an important thing. You want to be known and heard and seen and understood. And through creativity, you can make that happen. Sure. Right. You know, and so if we have these rules like, hey, you know, podcasting is a great example. Um, We've heard a lot about podcasting in the past two years. It's really taken off. But um, if you had asked the old school radio guys, they would have probably laughed at you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but now you have this creative avenue of expression where you can, you know, reach people and and do this amazing thing. And and you don't need to be a radio personality. No, exactly. Cuz we are certainly not. You could be <laughs> you could be two idiots who <laughs> yeah, who bought a microphone and have a computer and yeah. next thing you know we have a podcast. Yeah. It's totally true. And 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 so we're again, we're we don't know like we're learning the rules as we go. And in the meantime, we are just, we're not unorthodox probably in a lot of ways. I don't know for certain. And, you know, I don't think there's, it's not too complicated. You talk. Yeah. Right. Hopefully we put together coherent thoughts. But, but again, we're, we're just, we're just functioning based off of, uh, off of instinct and desire. That's it. Well, my, my biggest issue with, with what we're talking about here, and, you know, we've kind of opened it up with this idea of too many rules, but. I think the the biggest offender for me is where societally we hold each other down with rules. So whether it's the cars we drive or the way we look or the you know the types of jobs we have or you know the clothes that we wear, you know these things they become such a prison. Yeah. And and you see this by the groups of people who will buy into those things. Where you know when they when they agree to that, there's value placed on these rules. And by the way, if you wear an Armani suit, are you? And and, and I don't. And I challenge that. Am I hurting anybody? Right. No. Right. Right. Like we're not hurting anybody by saying, um, you know, the big change that that I noticed recently is a lot of companies are going from um, a formal attire to an um, informal one. Right. An informal attire. Right. Are they hurting anybody? Right. You know, no, they're not. But, no. and, and in fact, they might be helping other people unless you're part of the in crowd that believes that there's some attributed value to that, which gets to hold other people down. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Because the person wearing the Armani suit in and of itself is not harming anyone either. No. Right. So there's a, you'll like this. You'll like this. And I totally agree with this, this thought that you're just, that you're bringing to the table here. And that is there's a, uh, there's a, um, 
a, a visual artist, a sculptor, um, uh, who I really admire. His name's Lawrence Wiener. I know his last name's Wiener. What can I tell you? I love it. You got to look him up. But he has a thing that he says about, uh, you know, his position in the world of art or whatever, but it relates to everything. And that is, you know, he says the rock that sits upon the table sets upon the table. You can use that rock to break someone's bones or you can use that rock to build a house, but it's still the same rock on the same table. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it blew my mind because, right, it's all about like, it, it, again, it's about what rule sets we put, we put it into this, you know, into this category. And if you are, if you're somebody that's decided that you fit into this category and you must follow these rules to be this person to do this thing, then, you know, you're, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You are. Everybody's heard of the good old boys club. Sure. You know? And they and, suck. And the thing that gives the good old boys club power is being like the good old boy. Like, That's right. They, Following not, the rules. They're right. not going to accept somebody who's not like them. Right. And so as long as they're able to maintain power with this image. And you following their rules. And you wanting it. Yeah. Like it's a it's a self-sustaining market. Like they've created something that has quote unquote value. And in order for you to achieve that, you have to want it. Right. They've created a market. Right. You know, and I think that's what's been holding on to so many of these rules over the years is that once you describe that as a market and you go, well, I'm actually content where I'm at. I don't need it. Then you've taken all the value out of their program. Absolutely. And this is happening right now. We talk about, you know, we, we very rarely get political. But we talk about the two-party system so much lately sure. that the two-party system is just you know a left and a right wing of the same bird. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. And and once people realize that the parties don't matter, that you don't want them, yeah, then you no longer need them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And and until that happens, you'll you'll continue to have fun with your two-party system. Right. Right. And this goes in an endless cycle. Right. Endless yeah. cycle. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I totally agree with this. I think that, uh, I think it's interesting. It's interesting to look at it from, from the, you use the good old boys as an example. And, uh, and that's, you are by participating in their rule sets, you are feeding that monster. You, it's not necessarily, and we all have to take responsibility for our own selves, but it's not necessarily their fault that you continue to feed their egos and their, and their responses. Just stop doing it. Just stop doing it. it Compliance is the con- currency yeah. that pays that that club to stay in business. That's right. That's right. Because they, they can't see another point of view. And this goes back to something we were talking about earlier just in this uh, show is that is that if you show them another way, if you show them that things can be done in a different way, maybe a couple of them will start to pick up on that. You know? yeah. And then it'll start to change the culture. What we're really talking about today is how to be creative. Absolutely. And I'm getting it a lot from uh, right now from a lot of my clients who are interested in being more bold and more brave with their messaging, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing is, is that it's just about it's just about you know being authentic about what you have to say and saying it over and over and over again. But you have to be brave enough to break what you what the categories and the rules that you've put yourself in yeah. in order to do that. And it's very uncomfortable. Great. You and I are terrific at being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. That's what we do. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, have fun doing yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way that it is. Like you've, you just got to, you just have to go and try it for yourself. So I think, you know, for us as, 
you know, on this mission of these quests to like figure out and figure things out um, and try and break as little things as possible on the way, or maybe break as many things as possible along the way. You know, that's, that's sort of what we're posing to our audience is to, is to start thinking about what kind of rules that you've placed upon yourself uh, and what are, what is your aim? Where are you headed with these rules in the hopes of doing what? In hopes of what creating, you know, getting to the next uh, level in jujitsu, yeah. right? But you've you've eliminated your personality, yourself in this. Thereby, you know, you're you're no longer creative. You're not being creative in this. It's designed for your creativity. Yeah. It's your body. You know, Which express is, that. Yeah. So, you know, figure out. Be unorthodox. Yeah. You know? Yes. You know all the fundamentals. Use those fundamentals to express yourself in unorthodox ways. You just have no idea what you're going to come up with. None. Yeah. You know, so I challenge this. So we always say challenge, 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 challenge. But I, I mean, I do. I challenge, I challenge myself. I challenge you. I challenge everybody who's listening to this to, to take a look at what they're, what rules they're following right now and find one, find one that you can break. Go break it. Do yeah. no harm. Do no harm. I think that's the number one rule for Absolutely. everything. Do no harm, but find a rule that you've got right now in your life and break it and see what happens. It's so much fun. You know, and, and I, so me personally, um, the rules I've been really trying to understand and attack are the ones that threaten contentment. Because my ultimate goal is to not want more than I can achieve, right? Not want more than I need. I Not want, like, I don't want to chase things just for the purpose of, of, you know, I saw something and I need it. Like, I, I want to be able to cor- correctly define what it is I need in life, and if if I if if it if it offends that, then I don't want to do it. Right? right. So, you know, talking to somebody this morning, um, you know, they could go after this giant promotion and and move on in this way in their life, but they're really happy where they're at. They don't need more money. Right. Their time is well spent. Right. So. And they're like, so I decided not to do it. I'm like, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's perfect. It's that's exactly right. Like, how, how, that, what an awesome way to come to a decision. That's, it's an awesome. But way. how yeah. often do we get forced into decisions because we haven't thought about the fact that we were already content and we end up 10 miles down the road on something that we really shouldn't have done, you know, and now we're paying the price of trying to back out of it or we're overcommitted. Yeah, it's because you We followed... didn't want it anyways. That's right. Well, I mean, as, <laughs> as is the case with my first marriage. You know, yeah. I mean, I was following other people's rules. Yeah. You know, I had this idea at a, at a certain age because I, I was a total screw off in high school and then into, you know, moving into college years. And like yesterday and, like, you know, but today's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, but today's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a total screw off. And so, like, I had something to prove then, right? So I wanted to show that I was responsible, that yeah. I could get the job and, and get married and have a family and buy a house. And I did all that stuff and I did it wrong because it was somebody else's rules and it fell apart. Yeah. And and I'm grateful for it because it led, you know, to new perspectives and new understandings and I'm very happily married and have a have a terrific family and I have the house and I have the career and all that other stuff. But, you know, that that those things needed to like I could have done those things without fucking it up first. Right. Yeah. You know, or could you fun, like but, now you know why you want it the way you want it. You know, here's another good example I don't and know. this is uh, early on in this this winter. Um, that we got a snow and I was like, ah, you know what? A couple of days it's going to melt anyways. I'm not going to shovel. I'll just drive over it. You've ever 
I do remember this. You do remember. Because <laughs> I've well, bitched about it ever since. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I was challenging a rule, which has said, you know, as soon as it snows, you got to go out and shovel it all off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. why? I mean, yeah. come on. You don't, don't tell me I have to do anything. It's my property. Right. I'll do what I want. You know, want. I do what I want, you know? Do what I want. Well, now I don't do that because there's the chance that it may freeze and then I've got to walk and try not to slip and fall on it all the time. It's a very, like, selfish cause. But yeah. now when it snows, I shovel it right away. Right. And it, But, like, I, I had to learn that for myself. And so sometimes challenging rules only reinforces the ones you want to keep. Maybe that's, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Because you, know? you got to, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point. Well, I mean, to that, to that point, I will say this is that I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade my, uh, the, the things that I've done that led me to where I am today for, you know, anything. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I take, I take your point. Yeah. I you're like right. It. Yeah. You can break some stuff. So you, go out there and break it guys. Yeah. Go, go break some stuff. It'll be fun. So, Hey, you know, uh, Another interesting episode, but uh, we're gonna end this one with uh, what's on your mind. What's on your mind lately, there, Chief? I tell you what, man. I I was uh, a little bit taken back this morning. I saw a red. <laughs> Don't say a it. R- <clears throat> roach. It was a fucking roach. It was a giant one. And there was two of them. That sucker was the size of my thumb. It was big. And um, it was a cockroach. <laughs> snatched it up in a water bottle. Yep. And I swear the thing like used it like a hamster wheel across the room. <laughs> Look, it's disgusting. Like Ooh. I think all of us, uh, I think all of us have like a line that we draw. <laughs> and if there, if it gets pushed back as far as you can go, it stops right before cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> I can put up with most things until cockroaches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the thing was like hissing at me, and you know, it put up. It it, it literally had um, boxing gloves on. Yeah, and it was training, and it had corner. a backpack. A backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Came I don't out, know. put me in side control. I mean, how are you supposed to fight against six legs? I don't know. It's difficult. It's with, difficult. with silica on, you know, or yeah. cilii, or yeah. cilia. Yeah. Whatever those th- little hairs are trying to hold me down. Yeah, and a backpack. And a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that thing was disgusting. We took photographs yeah. of it. We uh, did. Yeah. Uh, we, we hired a professional photographer by the name of Robert Duffield, and he uh, yeah. he took a couple pictures of it for they, us. I thought they were going to turn out better, but you know what? He duffed it up. Well, you... <laughs> You get what you pay for. You do get what you pay for. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll definitely have to put those up on the 6 a.m. page so you can see this this freaking disgusting cockroach that infested our lives today. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how people, like, I know people in urban areas, they live they live with this situation on a regular basis, but I guess you just get used to it over time. But Yeah. Do you know in some, in some countries, people eat cockroaches? Oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure they're delicious. You know, they remove the legs and... The wings, you know, some of them do have wings. And the backpacks. And their backpacks. Do, listen, do not eat their backpack. Don't, I don't do know. that. You never know what they carry around. That's that right. Thing. It's disgusting. But the problem is here, we don't, and it's never been on the menu because the ones that we deal with that aren't, you know, raised for food have bacteria and viruses. So, <laughs> by the way, if you're out there. Raised for food. Yeah. If you're out there the and you, you think you're just going to grab a cockroach, not only do they eat poop, but they poop on everything they eat. That's true. So don't go eating them. Don't eat cockroaches. Yeah. Just don't do it. You'll get backpacks stuck in your teeth. Well, you know, it was funny because I had, I brought this up to my wife. I said, you know, we had this this cockroach and I talked to her about the line that we were all drawing on the sand. She's like, but to be fair, if it was an infestation of anything, you would be like, 
no, I'm not down for this. So, I mean, I was like, you know, because, you know, we can handle spiders and snakes and all that other stuff. She's like, if you had an infestation of snakes at the gym, you would be like, I'm out. <laughs> I was like, good point. She's like, it may even be like that with butterflies. Like, I was like, yeah, good point. It's like, so true. We were like, so oh, what the hell happened in here? Well, so, and the other the other thing that dawned on me is, um, you know, with the time change and everything, we are there literally a full hour early. Right. So here's this thing, like enjoying its morning cup of coffee, and yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, there's a, look at all the people in here. <laughs> <laughs> we have an infestation of people. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, they're so hairy and gross. I'm just gonna crawl in this bottle real quick oh. and hide. I swear, every time there's an infestation of people, I find like toenails. Yeah, like, yeah there's disgusting the hair all over the place. And then he, he got he crawled in that bottle, and then he was like. Oh shit! I forgot my backpack. <laughs> He's still in the bottle to this day. <laughs> he is. Uh, he is. He's going to a better place. What's on your mind? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. You should ask me because I had this uh, had this situation occur several times this week, but uh, most notably here recently the other day when I took my uh, sons up to go snowboarding, and that's impressing your kids. <laughs> impressing your kids. I am not above showing off for my children. Okay. And, uh, and usually I'm, I'm pretty safe bet about it. Like I'm like, I'll do something that I know that I'll, I'll be good at. Yeah. Right. And then impress them. And it never works. <laughs> <laughs> so this time, this weekend I took, uh, I took Max and Victor up to round top again and Max is snowboarding and Victor skiing. And over the snow that we've had over the last uh, week or so, uh, round top put a little terrain park up on one of the on one of the slopes and they made a small half pipe up there nice and and maxwell who's like this is his you know fifth or sixth time snowboarding you know he he wanted to do this half pipe and i'm like listen man i can't have you on a half pipe i just you know i worry about you you know gaining too much speed and going up over the lip and then into the trees or whatever like oh, yeah. i just i just worry about it he's like come on dad please you know i'm like all right Go ahead. So, and he, he just plowed down. He just went like on his heel edge the whole way down. Didn't even like really try anything the first time around. And on the way back up, he's like, I want to go on that half pipe again. And I was like, all right, man. And he's like, are you going to go on the half pipe? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing the half pipe. He's like, why not? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't want to say, cause I don't feel like I'm back in the saddle yet again to go do the half pipe. So I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just, you know, I'm just not feeling it tonight or whatever. He's like, well, I'm doing the half pipe. And I was looked at him. And he, I look at him. And he's looking at me, and I'm like, "Oh, it's on now." So, it's on. So I'm like, "Well, I'm going to surprise him, right?" So he's going to go down, and I'm going to get on that half pipe, and I'll try and do something fancy, right? I'll try and do something cool that he'll be like, "Dad, that was awesome," right? So Max goes down, and uh, and he actually, you know, he starts, you know, going. He's doing well, and he's not just plowing straight down. He's going up on the, you know, the edges. He's carving that that half pipe, and I was like, "That's cool." So I was gonna, I was gonna do the same thing. So. I started going, and it's a long enough one that I was able to do a couple of 180s, which was pretty neat for you yeah. know for him. And then at the end, I was like, I got enough speed that I'm gonna I'm just gonna ollie off the end of it, and I'm gonna get a good jump in there, and it'll freak him out, right? And I do it, man. And I don't know if I'm gonna be able to land it or not. And I hit it, and I'm like, yes! I, I knew as soon as I hit it, I was it was sweet. And I hit it, and I and I come to a stop on my heel edge right in front of him, and I look down, and he's playing in the fucking snow. <laughs> He missed the whole thing. He missed thing. the whole thing. And I'm telling you, man, when I was on that half pipe, I mean, I had my I had my tongue out of my mouth like Michael Jordan. 
I was like, I was in it to win it. I was good, and I'm sure it was completely ridiculous. Oh, like, man. I'm sure that it was your X Games run. It was my X Games run. Like, I was looking for the scoreboard. I was like, Sean White, look out! You know, I'm taking the title now. You know, that's how big of a deal it was for me, right? Love it. And so he didn't see a single piece of it, and I was like, great. So we went down. It was our last run of the day, and my other son's down at the bottom of the hill, like already. He he skied down. And he's got his skis off, and he's watching us. And I could see up about, you know, a quarter of the way up the hill, I could see he's watching me. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to do some little things, right? So I started doing some, like, butter 360s and stuff, you know, just, like, light stuff. And I was like, it'll really impress him. I get down at the bottom of the hill, and he's just looking at me, and I'm like, hey, man. He's like, like, you ready to go? He's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I was like, did you see I did some uh, butter 360s for you? And he goes, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, this is contrasted with... Being able to like pull a penny out of your kid's ear. Oh yeah, and you, they're blown. They're mind blown. They're like, what? What? How did you do that? Can you, you pull? A, can you pull a dollar out of my ear? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you were the man because you could pull a penny out of your kid's ear. You know, here you are like pulling out some like old school stuff on the snowboard. Like I'm like, look, man, check this out, right? Like he didn't see it. Did, he did, and the one that did see it didn't give a crap. <laughs> He's like, that's cool. Uh, man. I'm, it was more like, I'm glad you think that was cool. <laughs> don't, don't shame me, kid. Yeah. He's like, he's like, next time we go up, I'll ride up the lift on my own. Okay. I'll go. He goes right to the singles lane, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Son of a bitch. Oh, I think that fits up there with like, like um, rapping to a current song and like getting all the words and your kid's like, that's my music, Dad. It's not yours. Yeah, don't touch that again. <laughs> don't touch my stuff. <laughs> but I know all the words. But I know the words. Oh, oh man. man. That's good stuff. All right, guys. Well, I guess this this does it for the next uh, uh, episode 20. 20. Episode 20. It's a big 2-0. Well, we're going to celebrate with the episode 25. It'll be our silver anniversary. All right, I'm in. Okay? Yeah. I'm in. All right. Well, until I'll be here. Then, until then, guys, go uh, go mess some shit up. Have See fun. everybody. Right. Break rules. Break rules. That's what they're made for. <laughs>